you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Thank you very much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Uh, David, I know you were talking about this before um, and said it happened again. I haven't heard the audio evidence of it yet. Dude. But this is unbelievable. Dude, it is unbelievable. So Joe Biden, again, when, when people say voters are concerned about his age, that is a euphemism. It's not about the number of times he's been on the planet as it's circled the sun, okay? It's not about the, the, the number of years he has amassed, mm-hmm. okay? It is about the fact that he's obviously got dementia. I would agree with that. And, and with that in mind, he spoke at this Medal of Honor event. He left early, bizarrely, just sort of saluted and then bailed. And everybody's looking at him like, what are you doing, man? And he just goes. And he forgot his defense secretary's name and title again. Lloyd Austin, the defense secretary. Okay. (laughs) How many times has this happened before we even get to this audio? Two that I can remember. Yeah. Oh, it's it's way more than that. I've I've got a little montage coming up, actually. Oh, beautiful. And, dude, how does this happen? Because he has a lot of this right in front of him to read it, and then he just completely forgets. I don't know how it happens, but yeah, this is very concerning. And of course, you don't see any of the news outlets as far as mainstream news talking about this stuff, but go ahead and roll it. And do you have it? Oh, yeah, I've got it. That includes our secretary of the the defense, Austin, uh, Secretary Austin, Secretary McDonough, the Army, the Secretary of the Army Warman, Chairman Milley. And uh, Senator Black, where's Senator? Uh, Senator Blackburn. Oh, there we go. It's not age; it's senility. Wow, that's man. the problem. Okay. And, and again, it's not the first time this has happened. And here's the montage I alluded to uh, just a couple minutes ago. Okay. I want to thank the the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him General, but my. My uh, the the sec- secretary of the uh, of the uh, uh, se- se- secretary of of the uh, of uh, uh, the military uh, be behind me. The general, or, or excuse me, I keep calling him a general, but my the guy who runs that outfit over there. Yeah, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Go ahead and say it, Scott. Just say it. No, say exactly what you're thinking. Okay, this man is incapable. Of the job he currently has, times a hundred. You can't. Yeah. Do, how in the world does anybody have any sort of faith in the ability of this guy to get anything done on an international stage? For crying out loud! I don't know. I mean, man. he can't. He. This is remarkable. Well, and is anybody bringing up the fact that Lloyd Austin is a man of color? Perhaps Joe's got a problem with that. <laughs> well, I, I actually do think there is something to that, honestly. And there I'm, might be, David. I'm, but and, and really, just think about it. If, if there was somebody that, uh, when Donald Trump was president, in his cabinet or in his administration who was black, 
and Donald Trump kept forgetting his oh. name over and over and over again, are you telling me that weenies like Chris Hayes on MSNBC wouldn't wouldn't be talking about, well, you know, he just really, he has a problem remembering black people. So to me, it's Joe Biden's a racist and he thinks all black people look the same. And that's why he can never remember their names. He couldn't remember the name of his own Supreme Court justice nominee. Katanji Brown Jackson. Remember that? Well, you saw her is what he said. Yes. <laughs> yes. I do remember it, of course. Katanji Well, you saw her. Yeah. Katanji Burr. You saw her. But you notice... He gets more forgetful as the skin co- as the, uh, the the skin color gets darker because with Javier Becerra, HHS secretary, he oh, yeah. just said Javier Bacaria. So he, yes, yeah, it, it was it was a little bit different. It was like I got part of it. I mean, I can't take the time to actually Javier Bacaria. Yeah, yeah. whichever. Ali, man. <sighs> okay, so on top of that. <laughs> You're hearing more rumblings that he's not going to make it. The Democrats are panicked, and they're going to bring somebody else in in the spring of 2024. So, And we can get more into that a little bit later. But there's also, of course, more talk about Hunter Biden and how Joe is involved with all the business dealings and profiting off that. And there's more to that. You were talking about it, Scott, earlier this morning, um, which we'll get to. This is coming to a head fast, it feels like. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got, I mean, you've got emails now explaining that the VP's doors were wide open to Barisma. Seventy-three percent of the country says the guy's too old, and to your point, it's not old. They just see this and say, "Well, yeah, he's too old." Well, and, and he's, he's, he's corrupt. corrupt. Yeah, it's and I, not I honest make to God, it. he may not remember it. You don't know. <laughs> That's I mean, just it. He may not. I mean, I've, I've joked. You, when you have a senile president, you have built-in plausible deniability. That See, there you go. I agree. I read that today, though. I thought the same thing. There is part of that. Okay, more on that a little bit later. Um, we've talked about this, too, and you're probably noticing it. There's more and more talk of COVID again and the possibility of masking, lockdowns, all of it coming back, right? And so then there's talk of boosters, of course. Okay. This is on MSNBC. Their expert, Dr. Vin Gupta. Okay. And maybe <laughs> because we've known the truth for so long that I was shocked to actually hear this, that people that don't know that we're the only country that was basically saying, yeah, little babies, kids under two should be getting the vaccine and boosted. All these other countries saying absolutely not. We're still out there. And so when I hear this from MSNBC, and here's the setup with the question, I was floored. Real quick, if you will, who needs to get a booster and when? So all of us need boosters. Um, so at six months of age and up, uh, we're going to have boosters by the end of this month, hopefully. And those will protect, we believe, very strongly against these new versions of the virus. Mm-hmm. What does that mean, protect against it? Does that mean you won't get it? Didn't they give up on that? Uh, yeah, they've given up on that part i guess he he's saying keep you out of the hospital or whatever i dude i don't know and i'll I'll say this as somebody who did get the first two shots myself but then made the decision with my little kids no there was no need for right you know when you see the vast majority of the western world well basically everybody but us saying well no actually under the age of 18 we're really not recommending it 
why would I give at the time when it was available? What, what my son was like one, I think. At the time, why would I? Why would I do that? I have no idea. Well, you're getting your you... six month old boosted. Make sure he votes on his way out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He'll stop by the liquor store and get me some right. pot. You know. Yeah. Why not? All right. More on that a little bit later. Meanwhile, an update on a crazy law that maybe they're going to correct on this? Yeah, well, they're, they're, they're saying it's closing a loophole in the state of Oregon. But uh, this morning, uh, meeting underway, I guess, the Portland City Council is going to be introducing an ordinance to ban public drug use. It'll add consumption of a controlled substance to Portland's public order and police code. Now, the code already bans public consumption of alcohol, but when somebody's shooting up heroin, well, no problem. Now... <laughs> Again, this comes amid a drug and homeless crisis created by the progressive leadership of Portland, uh, which has led to police charging drug dealers for operating without a medical license and other creative ways to getting people off the street, getting criminals off the street. I mean, when you're having to really look for uh, uh, loopholes in the law just to say, no, you can't have an open-air drug market in downtown Portland, you know you've completely lost the plot. Yes. It's unreal, man. Some of the things that we've seen in this country over the last five years that you never thought you'd see in your lifetime. And it doesn't take a genius to know different things will not work. But defund the police. Are you out of your mind? This uh, Three jamokes right here predicted what was going to happen, and then you see it. And some people are now saying, well, no one ever said defund the police. Right. Yeah. No, there were... A ton of people saying this is going to be awful, especially for the communities that you claim to want to protect. Well, the code word was reimagine. Yes. Yeah. But defund and reimagine. Well, which was the same thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Call the psychologist when some guy is beating his wife and ready to kill her. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that will surely calm him down. Dr. Phil will do it. Yeah. Well, if we decriminalize it, that, that'll mean the reduction in the amount of people using it. Right. Said no one ever. <laughs> No one. No, of course not. And, David, you have a story about a cop that did something a little strange. Yeah, deputies in Pierce County, Washington, were tracking down four teenagers in a stolen car. And they tracked down a couple of them who were hiding in a ditch. And they were dug in. And so they decided to do something. They threatened to unleash their police dog on them. Except they didn't have a dog. What they did have was a deputy who decided to bark like a dog. Have you heard this? <laughs> I think I've been rolling. Don't make us release our canine. Blonde hair, red pants, black hoodie, black and orange backpack. Better stop. Come <laughs> <laughs> here. Hands on your back. You're under arrest. <laughs> hey, it worked. It scared him. It worked. Yeah. Like, oh, that, my goodness. That, that is fantastic. Yeah, one kid said, as soon as I heard the dog, I gave up. It's not terrible. What's interesting, they were not so much afraid of the police taking him down. They were afraid of that dog getting right. him down. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the dogs are racist. <laughs> right. <laughs> or against whoever. They'll make up something. It's a German shepherd. It's very probably influenced by Hitler. <laughs> by the way, the first time I heard it, it we all laughed because it was so ridiculous. It is.
However, I just thought of something. Okay, as I hear. <laughs> Could you do any better? And as soon as I thought to myself, could you do better than that? I'm like, you know what? It's not all that bad. I don't know that I could. No, it's a great impersonation of a dog. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. So no one wants to take that on and think they could do better. <laughs> See? Yeah. See? Before you make fun, better know that you can do better. Nice job. Yeah. Who needs the dogs, right? Take that guy out. Yeah. Holy man. Got to have a sense of humor as the world's falling apart. That's for sure. Oh, you know who's visiting Ukraine today? Oh, yeah. That update, much more straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, Manly Man, Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State in Ukraine. Yeah, he's there. Pivotal moment yep. in the war. Yep. Russia, Ukraine. Went to the Ukrainian gym, pumped a little iron this morning. No, he didn't. No. <laughs> okay. Maybe we're just too cynical being in this every day. It's another pivotal moment in this conflict. Yeah. There's going to be the Ukrainian offensive. I don't know if you followed all the way through this. Doesn't it seem like this is going to go on and on and on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, for, for certain actors in the U.S. government and elsewhere, it needs to go on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Another billion dollars, by the way, mm-hmm. to Ukraine. That's what well, we're naturally. talking Yes. Good thing that residents of Maui uh, got $700 in the mail. They did. Um, we're doing everything we can there. Right. And, of course, what was to blame was climate change. Mm-hmm. You know that. Because um, we were told that. Mm-hmm. And By the way, if you didn't know climate change, you know, wasn't an emergency, it's going on right now. Because there's a heat wave. Right. In September. Right. Um, Children are evaporating in their classrooms. That's what I'm told, yeah. Yeah. But that was one of the, I think that was the lead on the Today Show. Impressive. Another day of record shattering highs on tap from the south to the northeast. Triple digits in some areas. It was like. Okay, and then you got a clip to the kid yeah. outside the school. It was like so hot, so humid. Schools just reopened, now being forced to close. And relief may not come until the weekend. Al's got your full forecast. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry to bang that drum again. When you see that, what do you think? Honestly, first thing. Well, I, I think it it reminds me of alarm bells ringing with COVID. Yeah. It's it's whipping up hysteria. It's not actually covering a news event. You want to cover a heat wave in early September? Fine, you can. I'm 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 not saying that's not in, that's not necessarily newsworthy, but yeah, the the they're ratcheting it up. And I'll tell you as a guy who grew up in Houston, uh triple digits in early September not unheard of well as they show the map triple digits in some places yeah texas yeah <laughs> yes yeah and then if you really want to get old man river on it you can get robbins and i to talk about we, yeah there was no air conditioning in the school and you had the dress code as a dude you had to wear jeans and the style at that time there was no shorts allowed they were a little tight you'd sweat through them oh sure yeah it, okay yeah it's just part of it and then you hear the kid, it's really hot and humid. Yeah, it's September, man. Yeah. A lot of places, that's the way it is. We're really in trouble, aren't we? Man. Boy. Oh, it was Good Morning America, too, by the way. Record September heat. 88 million Americans on alert. 20 states from California to Massachusetts. How it's impacting schools. On alert? Yeah. What does that mean? I see. I was just going to say that, too. Hey. <laughs> hey, it's going to be freaking hot today. <laughs> be on alert. What do you mean? Uh, hydrate? Uh, well, they yeah. did say that, too. Make sure you're hydrating. 
Yeah. Well, thanks. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Are you Appreciate are you, it. Are you, are you telling me that otherwise? Are you telling me that I should I should switch things up from malt liquor and corn nuts today? Because it's going to be warm. While wearing your turtleneck. While wearing my, I need to. Are you telling Black. me I need to ditch my signature turtleneck? Yes. That I wear all summer, every summer. Yes. Oh. I know you got a heavy rep, but you're going to just have to lose it for a day and cool off. Oh, I just okay. got my Zelensky tracksuit. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, speaking of Good Morning America, and I know there's a theory, I don't think it's true, maybe it is, I don't know, that especially during the open where you trade off reads from the different anchors, mm -hmm. that someone's given Strahan the one with the most S's. I don't know if that's true or not. Oh, I'm convinced. I am yes, too. they yeah. are. Or I should say, yes. <laughs> You've are. said that before, and then now I can't get it out of my mind. So as I'm watching, I'm like, well, is there something to it? On edge. A convicted killer still on the loose. Overnight, search teams responding to possible footprints in the woods as they hunt for the murderer who broke out of a Pennsylvania prison as we learn <coughs> new details about how he reportedly escaped. Hmm. Yeah. There's bets going on in the control room. Yes. Over-unders yeah, going on. <laughs> it's that's how they assign the teases when they're writing the opening scripts. Yeah. They're like, okay, how many S's do we have here? That one goes to Strahan. It's in the woods. Have they hunt for the murderer who broke out of a Pennsylvania? Yeah. It was like rapid fire there for a second. It's responding to possible footprints in the woods. <gasps> yeah, that's just me. Murder possible mystery footprints, footprints in, in the woods. woods. Footprints yes. in the woods. <laughs> Golly, man. That is a crazy story, by the yeah. way. It really is. All right, there's a lot to get to today, man. Um, by the way, the whole thing with the prosecution, you know, the Proud Boys, and yeah. it's being covered, yeah. and you got to send a message here. How many people you know in the country, do you imagine, know that the dude wasn't there when this happened? No one. That, that's the remarkable thing. Yeah. About they all. never mention that no when they're talking about the sentencing, it doesn't seem. We will get to that and much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, you saw the news coverage of, well, this has been over the last few days, uh, different Proud Boys getting sentenced for a long time in jail. Enrique Terrio, leader. Mm -hmm. Holy smokes, 22 years. Wow. Well, Longest he was January 6th sentence to date. He was probably running through the Capitol screaming, though, wasn't he? He wasn't there. What? Hey, he wasn't at the Capitol during the Capitol riot. But they said he was like the chief organizer of some effort to disrupt uh, the peaceful transfer of power or something like that. So he's going to go to prison uh, for a couple decades. Wow. Yeah. Crazy, well, man. Well, earlier this year, the founder of the Oath Keepers was sentenced to 18 years in jail. And he was insisting, you know, in court that no member of the Oath Keepers took part in the actual violence at the Capitol. Oh, that wasn't us. Oh, th this is about making an example of people that the current regime doesn't like. And it's funny because you say some, if you say something like that, people automatically say, well, you obviously align with the Oath Keepers or Proud Boys. And it's like, no, forget about that for a minute. Because I, I don't. I'm not a member of the Proud Boys or anything like that. I mean, I think they're kind of... They're kind of nuts, but 
at the same time, how can you go to prison for two decades when you weren't even at the so-called insurrection? This is, it's crazy, man. It's a head scratcher for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But at least to me, and I could be wrong because I don't see every news outlet, but a lot of times it's, you know, they'll show video of what happened January 6th, the worst images of it. And it's found that this group was part of the, you know, plan behind it or the tip of the spear. (laughs) But they don't say that they weren't actually there. Tip of the spear usually works better if you're, I don't know, there to stab somebody. Right. If you're not, if if the spear is across the country at the time, then, well, it doesn't really matter. But again, this insurrection with no weapons is unlike anything I've seen in world history, it seems. Um, but I see this opinion piece from CNN that says, you know, locking up the Proud Boys is only a first step. And I'll just jump, all this nonsense, jump to the part that really catches your attention. Um, it says, yet beyond the Justice Department, the FBI's disruption and prosecution of groups like the Proud Boys, the government's response has been largely anemic. <laughs> Post-January 6th, Senate reports House investigations and government accountability office reviews laid bare how fundamentally ill-suited the current domestic counterterrorism apparatus is to effectively understand and respond to right-wing extremism. And there is the whole point of all of this, which is to increase the surveillance state. Remember what happened right after the Capitol riot, the Capitol Police wanted more funding in order to open up satellite offices in Florida and California, maybe Texas. I don't remember if I don't remember all the states they wanted to do, but essentially they wanted to be able to become another unaccountable intelligence service. And they said, well, it's because we missed a bunch of stuff ahead of the Capitol riot. And I'm over here thinking, how did you miss any of it? Dude, I'm not a member of the intelligence community, and I knew there were going to be some bad characters there. We, we talked about it, it on the air. Ago. It was well reported. Yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> wow, you're going to have the National Guard there, but they're not going to have weapons. They're just going to be directing cars. You're going to have 100,000 people at a rally, and you're going to have some bad apples there. And during a joint session of Congress, you're going to put up just metal barricades. That's it. And okay. a couple of out-of-shape cops? That's Yet insanity. After, after all this happens, if we're to go along with their way of thinking, then you don't criticize the mayor of D.C. or Nancy Pelosi for saying no more security? No. Maybe they're just taking advice from Homeland Security. <laughs> well, it, it, worse than that. Well, <laughs> in, in some ways, because you see the video of the fence cutter. Yeah, come on in. Come on no in. No one seems to care anything about finding out who the fence cutter was. That's crazy. That opens it up right through into the Capitol. Because once you you went beyond where that fence was set up and that fence was cut and then rolled away for people to go through, once you got onto that ground, then you could be found guilty of trespass. No one seems to want to know anything about that. I want to know who left a random two-by-four outside, like right underneath a window at the Capitol. Yes, yes. That, that video still astounds me to this day when you just yeah. see a bunch yes. of people like looking around. How can we get into this building? And somebody helpfully says, there's a piece of lumber inexplicably <laughs> sitting there under that window. And they just pick it's, up the wood and toss almost, it through the window. It's almost like it was a setup. Mm-hmm. 
By the way, what about the uh, pipe bombs in front of the RNC and DNC the night before? Anything new on that? The data got corrupted somehow. They can't Hmm. track it. I mean, whatever. You know, they they can find like a 65-year-old lady uh, in Colorado, no problem. But tracking down somebody who planted bombs outside of the headquarters of the two major political parties in this country can't be done. Can't solve it. It's impossible. Or a guy walking down the street with a two-by-four. Right. He just happens to drop it by yeah, the window. But the person that wrote this piece for CNN, John Lewis, he is a research fellow at the Program on Extremism at George Washington University. Yes. Studies domestic violent extremism. Okay. It's, it's almost comical the way he rolls it out there to say, uh, you know, there's been this collective shrug that followed what happened. Like, we've got to do something about this. There's little question that right-wing extremism, particularly white supremacist extremism, is currently the deadliest and most pervasive domestic terrorism threat in the United States. Mm-hmm. That Tario, the guy who got the 22-year sentence, he was born in Cuba, wasn't he? Yeah, I believe yeah, so. His parents yeah. were moved here, I do believe. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Right. You can you can be, you know, brainwashed into being a white supremacist if mm-hmm. you have conservative thought. That's the proof. No, I never, I never really understand that, though. If you're leading a white supremacist organization, one would assume that that organization is full of, well, white supremacists who yes. probably would not want to be taking orders from a person of color. I wouldn't know. I'm not a white supremacist militia member or whatever, but I, it just doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense why you'd want to be taking orders from somebody that you see as an inferior race. Well, I think it's because he was using some form of white face. Okay. Well, yeah. And trying to trick him? No, to your point, David, it makes absolutely no sense. So anyway, yeah. The dude says from a spike in threats against public officials <laughs> to an embrace of anti-LGBTQ hostility. Oh, up yours. Right-wing political violence has increasingly been adopted by individuals unaffiliated with organized groups. Uh-huh. And so that's why you have people from the Department of Justice sitting in a Catholic church mm-hmm. observing it's a freaking joke, man. An absolute joke. Okay, got to move on. It's that time of the show. May not be the biggest story out there, but it caught your attention today, David. What's your story? Uh, I got a couple of these from throughout the or four throughout the show, but uh, of course we all know by now. Steve Harwell, the uh, lead singer of the band Smash Mouth, passed away a couple of days ago. Yes. Um, and uh, apparently, acute liver failure is what they're saying. Mm-hmm. The guy had had a lot of substance abuse issues, alcoholism, and and then he was in hospice for just a couple of days and then died. Well, one of the things that the Internet decided to do with Smash Mouth, and this has been going on for years, is, is particularly with the song All Star. Mm-hmm. A huge hit, but then kind of became a meme for them. Yeah. And then people started doing mashups which is you take lyrics uh, or the music of one song and then put the lyrics or music of another song on top of it. And this is one that I'm going to spring on both of you right here. Okay. And this it isn't is one also, I have the audio for. Okay. No, this is one I've got pulled up right here. All right. And it is one of Scott Robbins' favorite songs oh. mixed with All Star. No, no. Are you ready for this? Yeah. I am. Look. If you had... One shot, one opportunity, seize everything you ever wanted in one moment. Did you capture it or just let it slip? 
Just skip to the hook if you want to here. He knows that, but he's broke. He's so sad that he knows when he goes back to this mobile home. That's when it's back to the lap again, yo. This old rhapsody back will catch to this moment and hope it don't go. Better lose yourself in the music. The moment you own it, you better never let it go. Only get one shot. Do not miss a chance to blow. Opportunity comes once again. Fun. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's a good story today, David. Yeah. What's your story, Scott? Well, my story is this one. Tucker Carlson is teasing a brand new interview with a guy who alleged he had a sexual relationship with former President Barack Obama. What? Yeah. Wow. Uh, during the interview, Carlson said, hey, you're just a guy who's in town for the night. Sounds like you're looking to party. Dude says, yeah. Pulled into a bar outside. There's a guy that's introduced to me as Barack Obama. I'd given Barack $250 to pay for some Coke. I started putting a line on the CD tray to snort it up. The next thing I know, he's got a little pipe and he's smoking. So I just, he just started rubbing my hand. I rubbed his too. And then I went to his thigh. And hold, from on, there, hold on a second. From there, things got going. That's what this guy is telling Tucker, yeah. that him and yeah. Obama together. Yes. Whoa. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Well, <laughs> I guess nothing. I don't know. Far be it from me. Now, this guy's made this claim before, but uh, this time it's got some traction because Tucker has him on. Yeah. I think it's it's kind of notable that there was one uh, uh, conservative Twitter account that said, I don't know what the heck Tucker is doing. This makes no sense. Uh, you know, something along those lines. And then the person who shared it was a guy named Greg Ree or Greg Ray, former yeah. head writer for Tucker Carlson tonight. And oh. it's like... When even people in Tucker's camp are going, what the hell are you doing, dude? I I I, I tend to get more and more skeptical and wonder the same myself. I just want to hear a little Barry White underneath when he goes into the descriptor. Well, I want to hear what the guy has to say. Yeah. Because no one knew about Obama's letters until this came out. And it's been out there, but no one had talked about that's it a, hardly at all that's until recently. Right, that's a great point, because we didn't know about any of those until recently. So now all of a sudden this story comes back. And this because, guy's back out there again. Well, the former girlfriends had the letters that yeah. he wrote yeah. talking about all these homosexual dreams he had had. Yeah. So, And as far as the drug use, I don't know anything about I that. I drank beer heavily. And tried drugs enthusiastically. Oh yeah, well yeah, that was from the book. Right. Oh. Yeah, that was him reading it too. Yeah, by the way. yeah. But maybe he omitted the rubbing of thighs and whatever else that I don't need to know about. But yeah, that's pretty wild. Mm -hmm. wow. Maybe it was dreams of Truman Capote. The book that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Not dreams of my, my father. father. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness, man. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's that's out there. Um, for me, this is just kind of a little story that's, you know, certainly not the biggest of the day, but I thought it was curious that researchers have found that if you want to cure jet lag, a lot of times you eat a big breakfast. What you do is you get on the eating schedule of the time zone you're in. Mm. So e whatever that might be, you set yourself up immediately to that time zone as far as, you know, if it's later in the evening, maybe you wouldn't eat. But if it's, you know, in the morning, you eat breakfast at that time. And that helps cure you to get your body clock right. Because mm. usually the body clock is set to sunlight. 
Right. But if that's all jacked up, you can help moderate it by just going with yeah. mealtime. It is a weird thing, sick. man. What's that? The When you travel time zones and yes. days even. Yeah. That was uh, research from Northwestern University. Hmm. I like a big breakfast anyway. I, I don't eat I, them very often, but I like them. I'm I'm completely distracted, honestly, by the whole Obama story. That's crazy. <laughs> Golly. Yeah. <laughs> they have to see what that guy has to say. I don't know if it's true or not. No. But, I mean, <laughs> I bet it's going to get some views. Oh, yeah. Better believe that. Okay. That is the height of irresponsibility. I don't know that. All right. Shane's <laughs> update and much more straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right. This is not a big surprise, is it, in San Francisco? No. Well, the, the city's transfer tax revenue, uh, which is directly tied. What is that? We're here, I don't know what that I don't know. is. We're hearing something. I've got insanity in my head. I'm just, I'm just hitting buttons over here. Okay. What are you doing, dude? No, I didn't do I don't Come think I did it. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So in San Francisco... The city's transfer tax revenue that's tied to the sale of buildings has fallen off of a cliff yeah. because, well, far fewer commercial properties are trading hands. I mean, you've had a couple of very high-profile instances in which the owners of the property just gave it to the bank. Said, yeah, we're not going to pay on this anymore. It's yours. You can have it. Wow. They walked away. So you're talking about... Uh, uh, let's see. In the last fiscal year, San Francisco pulled in $186 million in tax revenue. That's the lowest number in more than a decade. And they already were facing a almost billion-dollar budget shortfall in spending, but they also hadn't counted on coming up almost $100 million shy of their tax revenue estimate. And what's been pointed out now is why this is going to be such a big deal in the next 12 months is because tax revenue, of course, is going to drop. We know that. And that will happen right as all city union contracts expire. Oh, boy. And those city unions can go on strike. <sighs> Nobody has any money. Wow. And the unions, well, they, they, can, they have a ton of leverage right now. Oh, and that's not the only city where they're facing something like this. No. no. I've heard that Chicago, so much of the big money in Chicago has left. Well, a lot of big cities are like that. Well, almost all of them. Yeah. Um, a liberal big cities. Well, yes. Yeah. By the way, did you see the story out of Chicago, switching gears? Uh, reports of a new nude beach there? In Chicago? Yes. Yep. There was, this sign was up. It says, nude beach past this sign. Wow. They're like, hold on a second. Is that real? No, that was a prank. But it looked <laughs> real. Anybody take advantage? <laughs> There's there's no images of that. They think they got it in time. City officials said it's it's fake. Get it out of here. They think it was just some pranksters. <laughs> yeah. For most of that city, thankfully, no one took them up. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show.
Bradley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Marshall, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, a lot going on. This was a wild question. I suppose at the White House press briefing yesterday. Yeah, it was. There's some new book out about the uh, Biden White House, and one excerpt in particular is getting some attention because Joe apparently thinks he's being treated like a toddler by White House staff. And, well, (laughs) I don't know. You had to have the Easter Bunny uh, shepherd you around the South Lawn. I wonder, I mean, why would anyone have the impression that they treat him like a toddler? Well, I think this was after he said there needed to be a regime change in Russia. Yeah, the the staff was desperately trying to walk back that statement that Joe Biden made about Russian President Vladimir Putin when he suggested, hey, we're going to try to get Putin out of office. Uh, Joe didn't like that. Uh, so many people were second-guessing him, and Fox News' Peter Ducey asked the press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, about that. Why does White House staff treat him like a baby? No one treats the President of the United States, the Commander-in-Chief, uh, like a baby. So there's this book that says That's ridiculous. when staff ridiculous back claim. what sounded like a call for regime change in Russia, the President, uh, quote, rather than owning his failure, he fumed to friends about how he was treated like a toddler. Was John Kennedy ever babied like that? So look, uh, I'll say this. Um, there's going to be a range, always a range of books uh, that are uh, about every administration, as you know, uh, that's going to have a variety of claims. That is not unusual. That happens all the time. And we're not going to litigate those here. That's something that we're not going to uh, speak to. Mm-hmm. She she went on to say that I'm not making this up, that like the context proves that it showed how in control Joe Biden was of the moment. I'm like, okay. <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay, I'll say this. Maybe the wrong word there was baby, and the deuce should have stuck with toddler. It's like yesterday. Say you have a toddler that's a flower girl or ring bearer in a wedding. Mm -hmm. They need to be led down the aisle so they don't, you know, go to the wrong place. Someone needed that for Joe yesterday because he leaves this medal ceremony. Yeah. He just walked out. The medal of honor that he's awarding. He just walked out. The prayer was coming. Yeah, the benediction hadn't happened yet. No. He just left. And people are looking around like, what is he doing? Yeah. Yeah. He just, and, and the, the, because vet, there was no handler. The vet is still in tears over the whole thing. And Joe just disappears. He just leaves, walks away. It's truly astounding. To it see is it. astounding. Oh, yeah. Cause there was at one point a photographer or somebody holding a camera at least who was like, should I stop him? Um, Right. Let them know. Cause what, and if you're in that position, I mean, I feel bad for anybody in that position because. Is it more humiliating to just have, have him sort of wander away? Jeepers. Well, or the little flower him. girl started walking down the aisle before they said, I do. Yeah. You know, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, you need someone to kind of <laughs> help him along. And that's honestly what he needs. Grab her little hand and take her back like moms would. Yeah. It, it was unbelievable. But People you know are standing what? there on stage like, what is going on? If you go down this road for a second, I can make another point to that. As a toddler. Yeah. Okay. Th- this is an unhappy scene. But say there's a death in the family. Yeah. A toddler doesn't understand it. No. And they go to a house and they're like, well, where's grandpa? Where's whoever? Right. Right? That can happen. Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? <laughs> I didn't think she was, she was going to be here. He did that. That's she's, true. She's he was, dead. He yeah. was looking for Jackie Walorski, a representative who had passed away several weeks before that moment. And correct me if I'm wrong. He had just seen the family. Yeah. Before this happened. And right. there was video. Yeah. Yes. There was a tribute to her. Yes. I mean, 
Like a toddler, he what, it doesn't compute? Thank you, uh, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> well, gets names mixed up, and uh, I like Dr. Pepper, so I call you Dr. Pepper. I yes. mean, what the heck is that? Yesterday was really something, though. This isn't the first no. time that, that uh, a, a, a military guy has gotten an award. He's done this uh, several times. You know the routine. Man, oh, man. But you just blank out and start yeah. walking. Well, he does it. One of my favorite videos, actually, of of, of Joe was uh, recently, or somewhat recently, a few months ago, he was on MSNBC with Nicole Wallace, actually appearing in studio. Remember this? She wraps up the interview, oh. and he just stands up and walks away. <laughs> walks out, yes. walks away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Okay," and teases what else is coming up on the show. Yeah, yeah. He needs somebody. It's like toddler care, no doubt about it. All right, moving nothing, on nothing to other things. To see, though. He's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. David, you said this is your favorite audio of the entire day. Dude, okay. So <laughs> at the University of Wyoming, we've talked about this, there was some controversy because a dude joined a sorority. Uh, he calls himself Artemis Langford. Well, oh, yeah. you know, half a dozen sorority sisters filed a lawsuit because they said he was abusive, like he was staring at them while they were changing asking them intimate questions about their bodies and allegedly doing something more. You could say maybe taking, you know, Willie to the Opry. I, you know. Yeah. Waxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Of the dolphin variety, we get the picture. <laughs> right, yeah. Playing it's not normal yeah. activity yeah. as someone that identifies as female. Yeah, and now the women lost la, in la, court. La, 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 yeah. la, la. The women lost in court because the judge said it's up to the uh, sorority to decide who gets in, and it's. Up I got to them. admit, too, man. I'm sorry. Reagan appointed judge. Yeah, that's really disappointing. He said it's up to them to define what a woman is, not the court. <laughs> okay. So Artemis Langford did an interview on MSNBC, and I'm sorry, but at this point, because the sorority, the national sorority, apparently is fine with this situation. I'll set the, c- the the scene. I thought I was going to be outraged. At this point, all I can do is laugh. Because if, huh. every, if, if the people are fighting to make sure that this dude can still, you know, be playing the, those kind of games around, around women like this, he's a big fat guy. Yeah. And if, if the left is going to consider him a trailblazer and this oh, icon, boy. I'm just going to laugh at it because the whole thing is so silly. All right. So let's hear this, because I don't know what it even sounds like. It takes a very brave and unique person to do this, to be a first in a situation like this. And then to continue on, um, what makes you want to stay with everything that you've been through? I think I want people to know that everything that they've experienced, that I'm certainly not the first trans person to ever be attacked by elements in the media to be used. And unfortunately, I I don't think I'll be the last, but I want people to know that it's never okay for that kind of scrutiny on a person just because of their identity. It is difficult to take this serious. And I wanted that to play through instead of just interrupting through. But I want to go back to something, okay? if you don't mind. <laughs> it's the joke of a host with this very somber tone of just a trailblazer and how do you just keep going? You know, what, what makes you want to stay 
with everything that you've been through. Because I'm a dude, okay, that the guy obviously masturbated in front of these women as they're changing clothes and getting out of the shower. Okay, he's a fat dude that's never, ever going to get anywhere near a hot woman ever. That's just how do you How do you just continue to bear down and continue on? Well, because these are my dreams, man. (laughs) I got naked women all over the place. (laughs) Are you crazy? All I could picture, though, is the the MSNBC host going, how do you find it being so brave? And the response coming out as... You got you got freaking Jabba the Hutt over there, and we're like brave and strong. Come on, man! And I feel bad for for the girl up to a point to the women who are in that sorority house who may be uncomfortable but are afraid to speak out or whatever. But at the same time, if you know the score and you are uncomfortable with it and you're not leaving, that's at this point that's on you. I mean, I hope Dude, it doesn't get on you, but, you know, I, I just... I mean, I get what you're saying, but if they don't fight, then that's ha- going to happen in every sorority, mm-hmm. and you're not going to have your own space. Yeah. Well, if enough Women people, will have no space. If enough people leave, the system crumbles. So there are no sororities. Well, or you start something new. Are no sororities accepting dudes, yeah. But but then you can't get past that no, because you get, you'll have another well, Reagan appointed judge or whoever right. the conservatives fought so hard to get in there that is as limp as that guy well, when there's no naked women around. Yeah, the national sorority saying it was okay was, Jeez, was the death knell right there. It is. You know? Yes. You yeah. You leave that thing. Yeah. Get out. You're gone. Yeah. Wow. That is something. And yet comical at the same time if you look at it through the right lens. Yes. So brave to keep looking at naked women. <laughs> I'm going to soldier on. I am not the last person (laughs) to be victimized by this totally normal thing that's always happened, you bigot. Come on, man. It's a comedy piece at this point. It is. All right. I got an update on a story. And this was a story I wanted to update because it drove Robbins crazy last week. And that was the fact that Oprah and The Rock got together to help raise money for people in Maui. Relief. Okay, that was a very anonymous. The two. It, it, this drives you crazy about Oprah. And she does it all the time. <laughs> People being able to have their own agency, being able to make decisions for themselves about what they need and what their family needs. That's our goal: is to get that to the people now. This is what you do: <laughs> you know. the People's Fund of oh, Maui. <laughs> mm-hmm. Apparently, there's a lot of backlash. Well, it should be. Because people are pointing out, hey, Oprah, you're a billionaire two and a half times over. Yeah. You put up the money. Write a check. Have you seen the economy? I got no money. Right. And you're out begging me for money? Go pound sand. Does everything have to be in song, too, by the way, with her? I don't know. I didn't watch a Find a Maui. Uh, anyway. Idris is here. <laughs> okay. Stop it. This is what some of the people have been saying. Uh, you know, you have billions. You could donate $100 million and still be as wealthy as before donating. You give the money. $10 million is 0.5% of $2 billion. And you want my 0.5%? Well, here comes $16. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
This should be a private message between you and your billionaire mates. Exactly. It's so outrageous that you are pleading for money. Someone else said, girlfriend, it would take me almost 20 years to make the amount of money you just did today. You do it. We're struggling over here. Wow. Dig in those deep pockets, Rock. You got this. Maui will thank you. Yeah. You know, when you think about it on that scale, how much money we're talking about there for them. It's like, yeah, you need to reach into your pocket here. Yeah, people are like, no, forget it. You do that. Hurt right now. Yeah, the 27,000-foot mansion that she owns in, you know, somewhere in Hawaii. That's a big, yeah. fat lie. Says it's not that big. Oh, it's... She's talking back to you, I feel like. Yeah, well... Yes. Have you let yourself go? <laughs> I don't think Scott's let himself go. Try my, try my best. <laughs> You're so hot. <laughs> See, now that's more like it. All right, we got a news update straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Been a lot of talk about politicians. Who's too old? Do these different people have the mental capacity? What's going on with these people? Mitch McConnell in that conversation. And now you got Senator Chris Murphy saying, yeah, he's fine. Yeah, well, so the top Republican in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, has had a couple of public freezing events. And plenty of people are asking questions about whether or not it's time for him to retire. Now, his doctor says, hey, he's fine. Uh, just maybe related to a concussion he had in March. Okay. Uh, Democrats in the Senate have to be very careful about what they say. Because Joe Biden exists. And this he's is true. their guy, so they can't go all in against mitch mcconnell right now because i mean no matter what you think about mitch mcconnell the cognitive decline in joe biden is significantly more obvious and worse so, yes i mean he you know bipartisan infrastructure again which yeah i mean stuff like that but at the same time he doesn't just freeze and can't speak yeah I'm not saying one's worse than another. They're both incredibly no, they're both concerning. Incredibly bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Democrat Senator Chris Murphy, he was asked about this on CNN, and you got a nice little uh, tap dance performance. Ooh. All right. Dance. It's no secret that I don't agree with the decisions that Senator McConnell makes on behalf of his caucus, but it appears to me that these are still pretty isolated incidents. Um, there was this letter from the House physician, to, from the attending physician today, ruling out some other perhaps more serious diagnoses. I've had the chance to interact with Senator McConnell and find him to be you know, very much still um, in charge of that caucus. Imagine this is your family member. Yeah. This has happened twice. Right. Now, this is in public. How many times has it happened in private? We have no idea. Maybe never. Maybe four. You don't know. No. But just based on the two that we've seen, who has that conversation of, I, he seems fine. I mean, yeah, they're random and it happens. Again, if that happens to people that have had concussions, I've never seen it in my life. Or where a doctor says, yeah, you could absolutely freeze out for 45 seconds at a time here in the next few months after a concussion. Have you ever heard that? No. I, I haven't. And, I mean, even Rand Paul, a fellow senator from Kentucky, is saying, yeah, this doesn't, what the doctor is saying is not addressing what appears to actually be going on. Plus the fact you'd go to multiple doctors. You would think. Because there's something wrong, and, and you're not diagnosing anything. I mean, I, I need to go somewhere else then because we need to fix this problem. Unless you get the answer you're looking for right well, yeah. away. Then you're right. like, yeah, no need to see anybody else. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Dr. Bombay. I'll see my way out. <laughs> Gosh, dang. Yeah, nothing wrong there. No big deal. Okay. Um, David, do you have a piece of audio 
Is this all to make up for your bad feelings? Maybe a little bit. So Steve Harwell, the singer for Smash Mouth, passed away a couple of days ago. And it was just a couple of weeks ago on the Friday Five when I said, man, I really love the song Walking on the Sun. Too bad that Steve Harwell is an enormous jerk. Yeah. And then he dies. All right. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I want, I want to pay a little homage, and I, I, I love this. The song All Star obviously was a big hit for them, and then yes. it kind of became a punchline because of the whole Shrek thing, and yeah. then, you know, people on the Internet started to do mashups of that song with other uh, hit records, and this is my favorite one of all time. It's a mashup of All Star and Green Day's Wake Me Up When September Ends. Oh. Somebody She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shade. What other talk shows doing this today, huh? On her forehead. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. <laughs> okay. Biggest story of the day, David? Uh, biggest story of the day, I, I think, is actually one that we have coming up in a few minutes. Uh, Kamala Harris was asked, hey, what happens if Joe Biden kills over? Oh, You're really gosh. ready to take that office? I can't wait to hear the answer. Holy smokes. <laughs> it's it's almost as awkward as you would expect. It almost looked like a kid being told he was getting a special gift for Christmas. Robin's eyes just lighted up right there. Oh You're like, gosh. oh, my gosh, I can't yeah. wait to hear that. Yes. Yeah, we will get to that. Um, also, the Colorado Teachers Union, this story, told teachers to destroy evidence of student surveys on gender identity. What? They're not coming for your kids. Okay, yes, they're coming for your kids. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. The Millennial, David Van Camp, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. So Kamala Harris was asked a question, David? Yeah, Kamala Harris is representing the United States overseas. I think she's in Indonesia right now. Um, and was asked about... All the concern over Joe Biden's quote-unquote age. Nobody's actually concerned about his age. They're concerned about the obvious mental decline and the senility. True. Uh, yes. That's what it is. Um, yes. Well, Kamala Harris says, hey, look, we're really proud of blah, 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 you know, going over the list of what she says are accomplishments of the Biden-Harris administration. And then, of course, the question comes up, well, what happens if, if Joe Biden keels over? Oh, well, questions about the president's age often go hand in hand with questions about how you would step in the role, you know, if necessary. Do you feel prepared for that possibility? Uh, and certainly, as vice president, prepared you for for that job. Yes. And how would you, you know, describe the, that that process? Well, first of all, let's. I'm answering your hypothetical. Um, but Joe Biden's going to be fine, so that is not going to come to fruition. But let us also understand that every vice president. Every vice president understands that when they take the oath, that they must be very clear about the responsibility they may have to take over the job of being president. I am no different. <laughs> okay, on the list of Kamala answers, that one's, that one's really not that bad. Mm. No. But it's in concert with the rest. Yes. Yeah. And so it's this ability to say more words than what is necessary. And she gets in the let's be very clear. Yes. That's that's a that's a home run in every one of her speeches. 
Let me be very clear. And then she will state the absolute obvious. Right. You know, I never thought of it that way, that right. when you take the oath of vice president that you're preparing that you could be the president. Yeah. Hmm, profound. She's going to, at one point, think that she coined the phrase one heartbeat away from the presidency. Right. There I mean, you go. How, how hard is it to just speak like a normal person, though? You, you, she can't. Because it's like, well, yeah, of course, I'm prepared to take over. I don't think anything's going to happen. I think Joe Biden will be president. But, yeah, of course, I wouldn't have signed up to be the vice president if I didn't think I could handle the job if something happened to the guy who's president. Okay. This is just an observation, like on the fly. And I may be making too much out of it. And call me out on that. But I noticed the interviewer nerdly nate or whatever the guy's yeah. name is right he's kind of dorky and whatever he's obviously asking the question he's trying to tiptoe because it's delicate in normal conversation she knows exactly what he's getting at and will then answer the question but she gives the one word answer yeah. that makes it even more awkward which tells me socially she really is behind if you get what i'm saying do you feel prepared for that possibility uh as serving as vice president prepared you for for that job yes and how would you you know describe the, that that process well first of all let's and then she goes <laughs> yeah well that's the thing that democrats fear not only democrats but americans Oh, God. Well said. Unbelievable. Politically speaking. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, man. It's hard to recover from that if she's in charge. No, buddy. Nobody wants that. No. And that's why I really do think it's going to be by the middle of March 24, Gavin Newsom. Be running for president. Oh, God. There's so many gaping holes there, though. Jeez. Now, when you got the media propping you up. Guy's state is a train wreck. I yeah, man. But according to the left, he looks good on camera. Well, well, that is true. You know what I, I haven't heard anybody say about Gavin Newsom? What? One thing that is a real vulnerability, especially if Trump is the nominee, is that Don Jr.'s fiance is Kimberly Guilfoyle, who yes. was involved with Gavin Newsom. Yes. Who knows some things about her ex-husband. Yes. And I, I wonder how much Gavin Newsom or how ready Gavin Newsom is to face an onslaught of, well, whatever she might come out with if those two were to face off in a general election. That would be really interesting. Mm -hmm. My first thought is, what if, what if half of the population never know that's never finds out that story's even out there mm -hmm. because legacy media will not cover it like they did not do the Hunter Biden laptop. They just ignore it, and big tech tries to shut it down. I always forget about that that deal, too, with Gulf Oil. And oh, yeah, yeah too. That, that and Gavin, then she jumps from him to Don Jr. Yeah, that Gavin Newsom and Don Jr. are Eskimo brothers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that Kanye's next. <laughs> Pete Davidson's coming. Yeah. He's warming yeah. up right now. Kanye, Nick Cannon, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. I uh, saw this story from the Daily Wire in Colorado. Teachers Union reportedly instructed teachers to destroy evidence of student surveys on gender identity. This is Jeffco Public Schools, west side of Denver. Um, a slide the school district sent teachers said, please, no preferred pronoun gender identity questionnaire. Do not promise to keep information from parents. But 
the Jefferson County Education Association, which represents teachers in the area, gave teachers different guidance. And this was the CBS outlet there that had reported on it, saying the union sent out an email to teachers telling them, if you do a questionnaire, please make it in a paper and pencil activity. Any digital records are more permanent and may be requested under federal law. Oh, boy. Yeah, that... What, does that tell you everything? Jeez, that, that, yes. Don't call us groomers. We're just secretly talking about sex stuff with your kids, and we don't want you to know about it. And, in fact, we want paper so that we can destroy it if someone were to ask for evidence of us doing it. Correct. Uh, yeah, that's like, that's go to prison. That, that, that's, that is absolutely grooming territory. Come on. Union went on to tell teachers, make your notations about students and not hold on to the documents. Wow. Burn after So then you got parents accusing the teachers and their union of flouting federal and state laws. So you've got, according to the story, dozens of teachers accused of conducting the gender identity surveys after their union sent out guidance about hiding the evidence. That's a big problem. Why would you hide the evidence? What reason would you have to hide the evidence? What good reason would you have? How are you explaining this? How are you explaining this? Do you want me to take a shot at it? Yeah, go ahead. From the left point of view? Yeah. And you're interrogating me right now as like a teacher? Yeah, exactly. Defend it. Some trans-identifying students are afraid of going home, and they need to be protected from their evil religious parents. I don't know. Some nonsense like that. Okay. Well, I mean, then the follow-up is, okay, but why would you not want to have some sort of backstop in the form of records and archives? Because right-wing extremists, they demonize us, Mm -hmm. uh, and they use that as a tool. It's a tool of evil from the right. Well, if you throw in something about you want kids to kill themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. Yeah. Gosh dang, I failed. Yeah, you're missing that one. They, you want them to kill themselves. If, if we We're trying to have, protect them. That's why we destroy the evidence. If we don't have secret and uh, non-archival conversations with kids about their genitals and their sexuality, then kids will kill themselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. God dang. Yeah. Jeez. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. You know, man, you mentioned this earlier for What's Your Story? And I still have not actually seen the story on this. But you mentioned Tucker Carl is going to interview a guy that says he had some sort of fling with Barack yeah, Obama. Yeah, they were, they were doing coke and touching each other's thighs, and then things got interesting after that. And, oh, yeah, the guy's got a long, detailed story. It's Tucker's going to have this guy on his show. And, David, yeah. you said some from Tucker's inner circle are saying, dude, Tucker, what are you doing? Why are you put that guy on? Yeah, he's not it, credible? Yeah, his former head writer is even sort of calling into question what he's doing. And he, Greg Ree, I think is how you say his last name. It's spelled R-E. Maybe it's Ray. Not, not really sure. Okay. Um, has made the point that uh, there weren't necessarily guardrails with Fox News because no one on the Tucker Carlson Tonight Uh, staff ever listened to the executives they didn't really care what the executives had to say Mm -hmm. about anything but where he's going with it is a lot of what tucker did for the digital side of fox whatever they call it the fox nation or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. were things that just interested tucker and he goes i think that's just what what tucker's doing and it's it's not necessarily even saying that 
this is absolutely true or whatever. But at the same time, uh, Greg has been pretty open about saying, what good does this do anybody? I don't know. This kind I mean, of comes off as kooky. Well, let me ask you this. Because I think there would be a lot of people, if that were true, they'd be completely surprised by it. With Obama, the news that was out, was this a month ago? The letter or letters he wrote to his the college girlfriend, girlfriend yeah. about his homosexual fantasies. Right. And at first you see that story like, okay, is that real? And then it turns out, yeah, that's real. Holy smokes, it was in this book for like a few years, and all right. of a sudden this guy's out there going, yeah, I, I talked about this. It's it's there. It's archived. Yeah. Well, as far like, as I know, they've never denied it, the Obama camp. Not that I've seen. I haven't seen anything on that, no. And I remember when all of that was out, when you know there were multiple stories talking about this, there was a clip of Joan Rivers from 2014. I forgot all about this. And it was a joke. She said, they later said it was a joke. Um, but there was a guy, a uh, reporter, asking about when do you think, what will we have first, the first uh, gay president or female president? And what Joan Rivers said. Do you remember this controversy? Because you don't, right, David? Kind of, yeah. Well, I, okay. I don't remember the Joan Rivers part. I know there's been some talk about what she mentions here going okay. back years and years. Okay, yeah, that's 2014. And do you think that the country will see the first, the United States will see the first gay president or the first woman well, we president? we already have it with Obama, so let's just calm down. Got it. You know Michelle is a trans. I'm sorry, she's a what? A transgender. We all know. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. It's okay. Like, calm down. It's okay. Jeez. That's been out there for a while that, like, what, Michelle Obama's real name is Michael or something like that. Yeah, yeah and then, so after this, and if you go back, you can find CNN did a story where Joan Rivers uh, released a statement after this um, that said, because she wouldn't back off of a joke. She had some jokes that were, like, over the line, and the, people would say, you need to apologize for this, and she said, no, I'm not going to apologize for it. Um I think she went back to, like, 2013. She made a joke. Was, I mean, dude. Was Heidi Klum in a dress that she wore to the Academy Awards? Mm -hmm. And Joan Rivers' joke was, the last time a German looked this hot was when they were pushing Jews into the oven. Oof. Well, People yeah. were like, you need to apologize for that. She said at the time she wasn't going to apologize because that's her way of bringing out the horrors of the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. So with this, the Obama thing, that he was gay and Michelle was transgender, she said, I think it's a compliment. She's so attractive, tall, with a beautiful body, great face, does great makeup. Take a look and go back um, at Le Casual Full. The most gorgeous women are transgender. Stop it already. <laughs> and if you want to talk about politically correct, I think this is a politically incorrect attack on me because I'm old Jewish, a woman, and a heady which means heterosexual. And I plan to sue the reporter, who, when he turned off his camera, tried to touch me inappropriately on the butt. <laughs> Luckily, he hit my ankle. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there must be a joke there somewhere. <laughs> it was. And then she said, read the book, because she was promoting a book yeah. at the time. But some people have gone back and said, see, Joan Rivers called this out years ago. Yeah. Sort Ooh. of thing.
You know, I didn't didn't really believe it until I remembered that uh, you know Family Guy actually did a joke about Bruce Jenner being a uh, being a woman like years before he became really? Caitlyn Jenner. Oh yeah, I don't even know that I knew that. I don't know that. Yeah, either. they they called it. I mean, it was like I think Stewie made some joke about how Bruce Jenner is actually an elegant Dutch woman or something like that. Oh my gosh! Okay, I gotta hear that. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll see what this interview is with Tucker and this dude. I have no idea. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, much more to get to. Um, something our State Department spent forty thousand dollars on. David is going to explain, and I don't think you're going to believe it. Straight ahead, right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. We spent forty grand on what? Oh, a uh, uh, producing a Nigerian radio drama. What? Now, what? Uh, in 2021, the State Department awarded $40,000 to miscellaneous foreign people for resilient expressions. It's a 44-episode radio drama program that seeks to educate, shape narratives, and attitudes on issues of gender-based violence <laughs> in Nigeria. They produced a 44-episode radio drama to tell men to not rape women a 40 piece drama 44 episodes sir so it tells a story yes and that's necessary to get the message across and not rape women yes and i'm sure all the people running around raping women will absolutely sit through 44 episodes of course yeah of a radio drama yeah wow and I know they'll say it as they do every time. Forty thousand is nothing in the large, you know, expenditures of a nation. It all adds up. It's it, forty grand. It does add up, and, and and that's the thing. You know, you can look at all sorts of little grants here and there and say, well, it's not that much in the context of the greater budget. Well, yeah, but then the context of the greater budget a lot of times involves all of those grants together. Speaking of money, it's like this. $1,000 doesn't seem like that much, but to a family, hey, man, it's not like you can just order something on Amazon for a grand and it's not going to affect you. Did you hear the story about the five-year-old kid that did that? No. Yeah, this dad is out there saying, make sure you disable voice purchases on your Alexa app so this doesn't happen to you. Uh Uh-oh. And he asked his kid to sort of recreate it because all this stuff is coming, $1,000 worth of stuff, including a hot tub. It's like, how did you do it, kid? The kid, you you don't know. Go to the kid audio. This is interesting. Alexa, get me a monster truck. It jumps 23 inches off ground. 45 kid Spidey walkie talkies. Yeah. Hot tub. Cancel the order. Cancel, cancel, cancel. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Marshall, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, news update. David Van Camp. Oh, well, we're getting word now, breaking news, that the Georgia uh, trial of Donald Trump, yeah, that's supposed to start in March-ish. Yeah. 
You know, it could take four months. Holy cow. They're going to call 150 witnesses, and they're going to air it on television as a presidential campaign is underway. Well, you know, with the writer's strike, they got to fill time. That's um, true. You yeah. know, and it could still be going on in four months because there's been no break in the action there. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't care how much you hate Donald Trump, but how, how can you not, when you're really being honest and taking a step back, how can you not see this as obvious election interference? I don't know, man. First thing that comes to my head, you know how love blinds some people? Hate you know. does it, too. And there are people that hate Trump so much that oh, they will not be able to see this clearly as to what this really is. And they'll think he deserves it all. And it's this whole cabal of evil right-wingers that were trying to destroy democracy. Blah, blah, blah. Things they believe it. It's not... It's uh, their being... That's their truth, as the kids would say. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean... Yeah. It's it's kind of surprising to me, though, because even uh, Chris Hayes, you know, he's the guy who looks like Rachel Maddow got put through a juicer. Yeah. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> he uh, even said, I don't know why it took so long for them to charge him in this case. I mean, when you look at the January 6th stuff, the January 6th committee had all of this ready to go for them a year before any charges were even talked about. Well, you look at the timing of all of this. Yeah. Just what? One coincidence after another? Yeah, it just so happens that all of these indictments are coming down. And, oh, yeah, there's going to be a four-month-long trial against the former president, who right now looks like he will be the nominee for the Republican Party again. Yes. This is obviously election interference for all of the bitching and moaning that happened with James Comey in the letter with Hillary Clinton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah y'all can shove those complaints now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and obviously, and the left knows what they're doing here. It creates a massive problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's the obvious. It is a witch hunt. And I think a lot of people see that for what it is. At the same time, you have a lot of independents that will never vote for Trump. And it does look like he's going to be the nominee. Now, is it going to be so clear to those independents watching this play out over four months that he really is getting railroaded? And to then understand, holy smokes, there really is a deep state. We need to do something to break that up. And probably he's going to be the guy and they'll end up voting for him. I don't know, man. There's not going to be a legacy media outlet that's going to report on that, honestly. Oh, no. And that's the risk. Mm -hmm. Because when you play it out, and I know, you know, different strategists have brought this up. What it comes down to is you got to win. Arizona, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Wisconsin, right? And Trump's not going to get the independent vote to push him over in any of those. And you're doomed. I don't know if that's true. I'm talking, that's what the strategies throw out there. Mm -hmm. And my fear, and I get, you know, hammered on it every time I bring it up, just being honest, is that will you get the, quote, suburban moms to go back and vote for Trump? Can you get the independents to go for Trump like they would have done in 2016? A lot of people say probably not. I hope so. But are they going to vote for Biden? I don't think it's going to be Biden. The independents? Okay. Well. That's the fear. Yeah. Yes. Because even though <laughs> Biden is certainly addled, yeah. we'll just have to see how it plays out. But they know what's going to happen. We don't know yet. 
that's why I really believe it's not going to be Biden. And I wonder if it's those two guys, there's going to be a larger percentage of people just sit on their hands come election day. It's like, this is the best we got, and I'm done. No, I don't think so. Okay. I may be back. I think it used to be that way because you could make the argument. And I remember doing this in 2017 saying, for all of you people that are freaked out about Trump, how has your life changed? How has it really changed since he became president? What, you're saving a little more money? You know, what else? However, since Biden took office, Mm. you ask people, how has your life changed? There are a lot of people that could say in a multitude of ways how their life has changed since then. And it's going to get worse. But that's not Joe Biden's fault. (laughs) Of course. Well, by the way, and as far as Joe Biden switching gears to he's not all there, and all of a sudden he's in the middle of this medal ceremony yesterday, and he walks out. No one knows what's going on. Yeah. Here's the cleanup crew. Yeah, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says the president didn't wander away. Don't you know it's because Dr. First Lady Dr. Jill Biden has COVID and the plan was always for him to leave early to minimize exposure to other people. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. I'm going to be I'm going to share a couple of things with all of you here. Um, and just start with what the ceremony was all about, because it's incredibly important. Uh, the president Ugh. took off his mask, uh, as he, I said he would, to deliver incredibly powerful remarks about this captain, Captain Taylor, uh, and what he did in service to our, our nation. And he wanted to honor uh, the captain. And for a brief time afterwards, he also uh, didn't have his mask on, as you just laid out. Uh, and he left as planned, as it was planned. Uh, he left uh, when there was a pause in the program in order to minimize to minimize his close contact with attendees uh, who are uh, who are about to participate in a reception and I, I you all reported that noticed that he left uh, uh, when there was a pause in the program because again he wanted to minimize uh, certainly uh, uh, his impact on folks who were there hmm. he, he was standing right next to an elderly veteran yeah, yeah. with no mask had with, a mask on when he came in too by the way yeah, took it off I, I mean are we still going with the you can't catch COVID unless you're in the same air bubble as somebody for like 15 minutes? Yeah. Because that's not how any of that works. Uh, I'm just curious. What's next? Is she going to say, you know, also when he was speaking uh, in Philadelphia, he meant to say, yep, you helped me get elected to the Senate, even though that was Delaware. Good to be almost home. You know, I wouldn't have been elected to the United States Senate in the first place were it not for Philadelphia. That's not a joke. Right. Yeah. Push me over the top. Yeah. He, he meant to say that, just so you know. And he meant to say he took office in 2020. Sure, it was 2021, but he meant to because, I don't know. Just since you got me sworn in in, in January of 2020. Right. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, he went on. Every time he says it's not a joke, I know that. There's no joke being formed. There's no joke. What joke? Bidenomics is working. That's not a joke. Not a joke. No. Replacing trickle-down economics with everyone on Wall Street is referring these days to Bidenomics. And guess what? What? It's working. It's about building the economy. Right. It's allowed the bottom up, not the top down. Yeah. Because I'm not, this is not a political statement. This is an economic statement. Yeah, not a joke. My first two years, all this stuff, guess what? What? I cut the deficit one point seven trillion dollars. No, he didn't. No. Cut the debt one point seven trillion dollars. No, he didn't. Yeah, not a joke. Guess what? Not a joke. Not a joke. No. Okay. 
other news out there. Stores are buying crime fighting what? Fog? Fog. God, yeah. I saw this story. On, on, yes. It, it, I haven't heard this. What oh, is this? It's oh wild. God. So, you know, we, all around, uh, you know, the country, of course, you've seen an increase in smash and grab robberies and whatnot. And, uh, you know, store owners have been trying to do what they can, especially when they're closed, to protect the merchandise. You know, locking it, uh, of course, behind glass counters and whatnot. But none of that has stopped. So there's a company called Density USA, which has actually sold a lot of these products to uh, European Union uh, uh, nations and also in Australia. But uh, what they're doing, and it's becoming now more popular in the United States, and what it does is it, when somebody breaks in, you activate this disorienting fog so the robbers can't see where they're going. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Wow. That there was a jewelry store in the U.K. Uh, that got broken into. The fog covered the 900-square-foot space in less than five seconds. Wow. It comes That's in amazing. hot and heavy. Yeah. Now, it doesn't kill anybody, though. No, it's like the dry ice machines. Unfortunately, yeah. no, it doesn't yet. No. Yeah, because a couple of people, people get smoked, you, you think twice about it. I'm not advocating for it. I'm just saying that it happens. Oh, I am. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I, I think deadly booby traps should be fair game. Well, you want a deterrent, man. That's why Van Camp is my czar of discipline. Say what you want about yeah. Kyle Rittenhouse. All of a sudden, that looting stopped in a hurry. Yeah, it sure did. You know. By the way, did you see the story? There's another reason some conservatives may continue to avoid Anheuser-Busch products. Another reason? Yes. Oh, I haven't heard this. Oh, it came out that uh, Bill Gates reportedly purchased 1.7 million shares. Yeah. Okay. You had heard that. No, I hadn't. But Oh, yeah, that's the reason. Yeah. They've doubled down on people disliking them now, huh? Yes. Wow. If that wasn't like everything else, you've already got the reputation yeah, right. of Dylan Mulvaney, and then you find out Bill Gates sunk a bunch of money into that. Yeah. And I shared with you, well, at first I got a text from a buddy. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Local grocery store, 12 pack of Bud Light, $1.97. 12 pack? Yes. And I I couldn't help it. I haven't drank in what, 14 years? Right. Something like that? Mm-hmm. Longer than that. And I'm thinking to myself, a case of Bud Light for under $4? That is insane. Yeah, what can you Who, buy? Right. If you would have told someone at the beginning of this year, okay, 12 of Bud Light for $1.97, what would you have thought? Like, what world event happened to cause that? Right. Well, what is less money today than it was 14 years ago? Well, nothing. I was making the point to a buddy. You remember, and this was a long time ago. When, you know, a lot of college bars or whatever would do quarter beer night just to get people in, and then later on they'd start charging full price. This would be quarter beer night. Nah, I think I'll stay home. It's cheaper just to buy the 12 at the grocery store. Damn. Damn. Wow. That's like 17 cents. Yeah. Paying a quarter is way too much. Way to tank your brand. Good job. <laughs> That's something, man. Wow. Bill Gates. I think it's going to turn around. Okay. Well, good luck to you on that. Something else we got to get to. You know, all the climate hysteria and the climate emergency? There are scientists calling out this BS now. We'll get to that and much more coming up right here. The Monthly Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. 
David, I want to take you back a couple of years. Okay. When COVID came out. Yeah. And we were talking about, you know, different stories that were out there. And I remember the Lancet was being talked about a lot and it was highly respected. Mm -hmm. And so you figured if nothing else, not maybe a hundred percent, but you could trust the Lancet more than just some move that was on CNN or whatever. Right. Okay. I was thinking of that when I read this piece from real clear, no real clear politics, real clear energy, you know, all the different Uh subjects. This was crazy to me. And it's by Gordon Folks called Restoring the Scientific Method and Saving Civilization. And he talks about all the climate nuts. And this helps explain things, at least for me, because I'm always wondering, why are people just outright lying about different models? And media just runs with it. He said scientists are worried, and they should be. The latest recipient of the Nobel Prize in Physics, John Clauser, warns that climate science has become pseudoscience. Meanwhile, the chairman of the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change criticizes climate hyperbole as his boss promotes global boiling. It's like, see, we got to stop that. And here's this other guy saying, hey, global boiling. There we go. And then you got high-profile billionaires from Bezos and Soros to Zuckerberg and Gates that throw their wealth into climate alarm. And mainstream media outlets are recruiting highly politicized young journalists to promote hysteria. And his point is the fate of science is at stake. And consequently, the fate of the civilization it supports. Saying that it's not just limited to climate science, but they are the most obvious and affect other areas where politics and careerism drive many to do sloppy or dishonest work. And what he's getting at, just to speak in to regular dude terms, you got all these people that are getting money, grants, for different research, but they're wanting specific outcomes and they're delivered yeah. doesn't matter what the science is really saying the numbers are getting juiced yeah or or they at least at the very least want you to focus on uh on climate change as the top line thing and then bury whatever other findings you have in whatever study you're doing like several paragraphs in so then you can have the headline new study says climate change blah 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 does whatever yes because we live in a headline world yeah And for a lot of these scientists, the promise of fame and fortune is coming along with it. And I don't even remember this. Do you remember the Climate Gate email scandal from like 10 years ago? No, I don't. I don't either. I don't either. It said, revealing how prominent scientists were gaming the the publication system to promote their ideas over competitors. At that time, we caught a glimpse of what was happening. A group calling themselves climate scientists were profoundly cheating. While the scientific community was deeply concerned about the corruption, many, quote, climate scientists were perfectly happy to continue receiving government grants that made their lifestyles possible. And the public was largely unaware. So much so, I don't even remember. And we're in this every day. Said the editor-in-chief, Richard Horton, of the British medical journal The Lancet, complained that perhaps half of the peer-reviewed paper papers he publishes cannot be replicated, meaning they are wrong. <laughs> Any medical practice derived from those articles is suspect. And he goes on talking about a guy, Stanley Young, at the American Statistical Association, pointed out the situation is worse in epidemiology where 90% of published papers can't be replicated. 
And it's because you got too many people on the take boosting their careers than actually getting after the science. So in this case, Horton, here's a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> and the quote uh, from a journalist that's trying to tell the truth says, outright fraud is but the tip of the iceberg. Exaggerating results is a far more common reason why these publications cannot be treated as yeah, gospel. Yes. I know, man. Jeez. I know. So just know that's Everything's happening. Everything's bought and paid for. Everything. It is, man. And don't you feel like a naive dope? Yes. Because you know, like, the entertainment industry is one thing, but science? Yeah. You've seen enough of it. Yeah. But, yes, it's absolutely true. You don't know who you yes, can trust. Man. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. On that happy note, what's the biggest story of the day? Uh, biggest story of the day is apparently Joe Biden wandering away during the Medal of Honor ceremony was always part of the plan. He just didn't want to give anybody COVID. Got even it. though he was in that room for quite some time. Uh, I mean, it, none of it. None of it really makes sense. The no, COVID. I mean, speaking no. of fraud and science, I mean, if you're really worried about him giving COVID to people because Doctor First Lady Doctor Joe Biden has COVID, then you wouldn't put him in the room, especially with an elderly war hero. Correct. No. But do you have an honest media that's going to report on that? No. Yeah, that's part of the problem. Dude wandered off, please. All right, news update. Scott Robbins, trifecta, coming straight up. Yeah. The Monthly Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer. Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. All right, I, I love this piece of audio that I sent you, and it has, it has just become probably my second favorite audio of the day. I didn't cheat. I haven't heard it yet. Okay. So uh, the backstory here is former New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson passed away. Uh, the White House put out a statement, including condolences for his widow and his daughter, Heather. However, there was a problem with that second part. And I'll let the reporter asking White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre explain what the problem was with offering condolences to his daughter, Heather. Okay. Um, that line about Heather, the daughter has been removed because they didn't have a daughter named Heather um, for daughter. So can you walk us through how these press releases are fact-checked, who signs off on them in the end? And then in the time out. Okay, okay yeah, I'm just going to say, yeah. wait a minute. There yeah, wasn't a daughter, daughter named Heather. So you're telling me Bill Richardson had no daughter named Heather. Had Period. no daughter. Had no daughter. Even worse. I thought maybe she was Madeline or something, and they screwed up the name. N n no daughter. Doesn't appear to be so. But Holy condolences crap. for losing her. Wow. Okay. And then, in this case, how this error was made. So, look, we apologize for the error, certainly. Uh, that is not something uh, that, uh, uh, you know, uh, we want to do right we want to make sure that uh, we get this information out clearly and uh, in a straightforward way to the american people so that was not done intentionally uh and wait to again state the obvious uh and uh certainly when we realized that error it was removed uh from the website uh we do have fact checkers here we do have multiple people who uh take a look at uh at the the press releases especially from the president this was just a miss unfortunately and we apologize for that miss okay all right okay 
Are these just equity hires too? Uh, I don't know. The only thing I can see now, it's funny if you if you look up Bill Richardson's daughter, you'll see a lot of news articles from the last couple of days that say Heather Blaine Richardson is an advocate in the uh, in the United States, except they come from places like wealthypeeps.com, ghgossip.com, mynewsgh.com, the Distin. I don't I don't I don't what know what that? any of these websites are, but they don't seem all that credible. Hmm. And plus the fact if that was her married name, which it indicates, then she wouldn't it would be a son who was I be a daughter-in-law. I I I well, I think somebody just googled Bill Richardson's family and came up with these gossip sites. I don't know where the Heather thing really came from, but wow. I think they just googled him. I just want to say for the record, if I go before you guys and you guys are writing the obituary, you're part of it, say his daughter, Jamie, and his son, Clarence, just for the hell of it, because I want to see what happens. <laughs> I won't be here for it, but just do it. Just to clarify, you, yeah. you have a real daughter named Jamie. Yes. Nothing about me. Right. I'm James. That right. No, world. no, no. Yes. Right. Yes. Thank you for that. Yeah. No problem. Look at his son, Clarence. What? I never met him. What? Well, again, man. This White House, I mean, that's one thing, as we talked about earlier with Joe himself. Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was was going to be here. Because she was dead. In this case, they just made somebody up out of thin air. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't really know how much out of thin air is. I want to do a little deeper dive on this because this is quite a caper. Dude, we're three jamokes on the radio. And I mean, is hey, are we sure this person had a daughter? And yeah, there'll be some mistakes. This is the White House, man. Yeah. You have paid well, fact checkers. No, he, he doesn't have a daughter named Heather. But, right. And, and that's the, what I'm saying. Right, right. But so it's you very, have a staff of paid people that you, that's what you do. You check this stuff out. Can we verify that? Well, on, I don't know, teengossip.com, right. it said, yeah. Yeah. I Go with it. So they they might have gotten I'm I'm trying to think where they got this and I I don't know cuz I'm I'm looking at like people.com the last line is yeah. he is survived by his wife Barbara and his daughter Heather Blaine but I don't know if they got that from the White House press release and <laughs> they just they left it there Wow This is a caper man how the yeah, hell does man. that happen Well I mean part of the tell is what Jean-Pierre just said of, yeah, the, we didn't do it intentionally, made a mistake, so it doesn't seem that there is a daughter. Maybe they Googled the wrong Bill Richardson. <laughs> There's got to be a few out there. For his political career, Bill was a point guard for Clemson. <laughs> also, Pink Villa has uh, a rundown of this. ABC <laughs> News also has Heather listed. Then maybe they just took it from the White House. I think they just took it off the White House press yeah, release. They had to because they probably thought, well, this is accurate. Yeah, it's right? the White House, right? They're not right. going to just have a have an error like that, include right. a non-existent daughter. Well, I got to admit that if we got some sort of news from a White House press release, you would think, well, this is accurate. You sure. go with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, especially if it's like 
condolences to the yes. family. You're like, oh, well, I didn't know he had a daughter named Heather, but right. they, they wouldn't make that kind of mistake. But they did. But they, <laughs> my goodness. That's hilarious. All right. You ready for your big three? Yes, sir. Are they verified? Uh, no. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day, Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day, helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Hey, Casey, he's got daughters. Um, yes. Matter of fact, I think we just got a message from the White House inviting Casey to come to the White House for a visit. Yeah. Huh. Hi, it's me, Casey. Yeah. Joe wants him to spin some platters. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think everybody's ready? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> three. Uh, number three, Senator J.D. Vance of Ohio wants to ban federal mask mandates. Yeah, he's got a little bill he's got out there now called the Freedom to Breathe Act, and he's afraid, like the rest of us are afraid, we're going to end up right back where we were when this thing started. There's already some rumblings about masks and mandates and all this nonsense. We've seen it pop up. Uh, so he's decided, I'm going to go ahead and get out in front of this thing. So he's proposing a piece of legislation called the Freedom to Breathe Act. Previewing this thing, prohibit any federal office, including the president, from issuing an order requiring individuals to wear a mask or face covering on any passenger flight in the U.S. Block commercial air carriers and public transit authorities and all educational institutions from refusing service to anyone who declines to wear a mask. And it goes on, requiring all agencies to issue new and revised guidelines within 90 days of any sort of enactment at all, restrict federal spending to propose, establish, and implement and enforce mask requirements. It goes on and on. But what he's saying is, look, we're not going to go through this again. And whether this passes as law or not doesn't matter. I'm going to throw it out there and say, hey, we tried with the American people. Yeah. I guess some people will accuse him of grandstanding. That uh, sort they're going to do the blood on your hands, and people are dying, fine. and on and on it goes. Yeah. You get his point. Oh, absolutely. And, and, do. and he, like the rest of us, are going, holy cow, here it comes again. But most people are saying, "What? I'm not doing it. Right. You get that sick feeling in your stomach, though, don't you? Not really. So yeah. imagine Boy, that I do. Yeah. Now, on with the countdown. Yeah. Scott Robbins, trifecta top three of the day, number two. Number two, you want to talk about credit card and loan defaults because it's well, bad the, news. Well, the most recent example of Bidenomics restoring the American dream, remember, finds Americans defaulting on their credit cards and car loans at levels not seen in more than a decade. In addition, low- and middle-income earners have especially been hit hard by the soaring prices, everything from rent, groceries, new and used cars, despite the Federal Reserve's attempt to tamp down the high inflation. So, according to Moody's Analytics and the people that work there, in fact, we are not restoring the American dream. We're destroying the American dream. Uh, Joe Biden just said, though, that guess what? Bidenomics is working. He said it again. I can't believe you said that. And guess what? <laughs> it's working. Yeah. Yeah. Say it's it working. again. Guess what? Well, I guess if yeah. you got the money now, the repo of cars is going to be great. Man, oh, man. Scott Robbins trifecta. Well, if you can't drive to the, the grocery store, you can't overspend, right? And the countdown <laughs> continues. Yes. Up to number one. Number one, a Chicago suburb is holding a poverty simulation event. Man, every now and then you come across a story and you just can't make this stuff up. It's just so unbelievable. This is another case in point. The Alliance for Human Services is excited to partner with our host, Family Focus, the city of Highland Park, Chicago, 
Moraine Township, and Highland Park Community Foundation to increase our understanding and awareness of what it's like to live in poverty in Lake County. Participants will begin to experience what a month in poverty feels like. Together, we'll increase resources for those living in poverty and create a more resilient health, human, and education sector. Now, they will be doing this at the Country Club of Highland Park for two and a half hours. <laughs> Just two and a half hours? That's it. Are they, You're going to uh, feel the effects of poverty it. in two and a half hours? Drive your Mercedes and your BMWs and... Kick off your Uggs and come on in, you poor people, for two and a half hours. So are, are they raising money for something? Or yeah, it's some kind of community Is thing. There, I mean, I've, I've I've seen people do the whole like we're going to camp out overnight and yeah. raise yeah. money for homeless outreach organizations and all of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fine if if you want to do that, but <laughs> so two you're and gonna, a half hours, right? You're good. You're going to spend two and a half hours at a country club playing games, and you too will know what poverty feels like. He's <laughs> not all that bad if that's what you're doing, right? Yes. Reminds me of a thing that we did in uh, in elementary school when we were talking oh. about survival instincts and yeah. things like that. And one of them was uh, you had to forage as if you were a bear. And in some cases, like you might have a blindfold on, though. So you need, you know, to sort of like heighten the awareness of the importance of, of sight in order to hunt and find food and water and things like that. And then some people would have to wear earmuffs so they couldn't hear all that well. And some people had to, like, tie a hand behind their back. And the whole thing was, like, here are here is the reality of, of existence and survival and all of that. Right. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you now, thanks to the people of, the, uh, of, of that particular suburb of Chicago, I am qualified to explain what it's like to be a bear. <laughs> because of that lesson that I had in elementary school. And this, there you have it. The limousine liberal thing just is, it, 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 it's open for mockery constantly, though. Yes. Two and a half yes. hours of playing games at a country club, and you too will feel like what it's like to be in poverty. All yes. right. Yes. Congratulations. Some dopey chick's going to be handing out copies of White Fragility. It'll oh, be yeah. Freaking great. Yeah, absolutely. God. Let's play the discrimination game. <laughs> All right. Got to get to a news update and Nimrod's in the news straight ahead. It's really been an honor for me. See you, buddy. The Monthly Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Marshall, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update. David Van Camp. It's so funny to hear the White House official messaging on masking and whatnot. Well, we got it recommended. And, you know, Fauci was out there even. Uh, just over the weekend, saying, I'm very afraid that nobody's going to take our recommendations seriously now. Well, Joe Biden, yeah. the first lady, Dr. First Lady Dr. Jill Biden, has COVID. And Joe Biden, under the rules set by his administration, is supposed to be wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. Because even though he doesn't have COVID, that mask is going to somehow prevent him from getting and spreading COVID. Whatever. He's supposed to wear a mask. And he laughed at that notion today as he's uh, giving a speech. Hello, everybody. Let me explain to the press. I've been tested again today. I'm clear across the board. But they keep telling me because this has to be 10 days or something, I got to keep wearing it. But don't tell them I didn't have it on when I walked in. Don't tell them I didn't have my mask on when I walked in. Well, that right there is permission for everybody to say, go pound sand. Yeah. You know his staff is going crazy, too, because he went off script. Yep. Couldn't have happened to a worse bunch of human beings. No kidding. 
Wow. I can't believe you just I can't believe I just heard that. Yeah. They tell me this. Well, we talked about this earlier in the show that he's been ticked off at different times because he feels like he's treated like a toddler from the staff. Yeah. And he goes out and just freewheel stuff. Well, but yeah. Don't tell anybody. That's what they tell me I'm supposed to do. These mask BS. Jeez. I'm not doing it. Everybody has permission now. Sorry. Wow. All right. Time for Nimrods. Roll it out. Here we go. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dean. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. We start near San Diego. El Cajon, California. Uh, boy, not good when a naked homeless man just starts walking through your house when you're sleeping. Well, no. No, that's that's what happened. Uh, wow. At it's least like, that's wh- what the guy's wife told him. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm kidding. 1 a.m., police say a female victim awoke to a naked dude in her apartment and then walked into a room containing sleeping kids. Oh, the victim's adult brother was able to force the suspect out of the residence. Oh, you got to fight a nude dude. Mm, that's a bad night, man. Yeah. He won, though. He got him out of there. Then cops showed up. Uh, yeah, that's 35-year-old Robert Young, arrested on suspicion of burglary and being under the influence of drugs, according really? to police. He's homeless, stays in the area, booked into jail. Mm. Okay. Then we have this story out of Florida, 23-year-old dude. Um it's like 1 a.m. Wants some smokes, Walgreens. I don't know exactly why. But they're like, no. Don't know if they were locked behind him. If he was belligerent, not quite sure. But then he really got ticked, and so he picked up a Snickers bar. So you not can give me cigars. Whips it mm. right at the clerk. Hits him right in the face. Oh my! He hits a woman in the chest with another Snickers bar. My goodness. Yes. Um, neither employee injured. They say threw like a powder puff. Anyway, he was uh, arrested. I need to ban Snickers bars. Well, yeah. Common sense Snickers control is it needs to be talked about. We need a national conversation. We do. Then another dude in Florida arrested for driving around in a stolen Mercedes. You know what tipped it off? No. He was bragging on social media. I got me a new Mercedes. Nah. Idiot. <laughs> and not so much Nimrods, but just interesting. The city of Pittsburgh is looking for archers to help deal with a deer population crisis in the park. <laughs> oh, God. Where's Nugent? And this is the Mark Van Camp and Robin Show.